G'day, this is Mark Pesci, and welcome to episode 13 of series 7 of This Week in Startups Australia. Scaling is the hardest task facing a startup entrepreneur. Harder than getting started. Harder than getting to an MVP. Harder than getting investment. Scaling is hard. But there are any number of startups who have scaled successfully, including a few that have already been on Twista, such as Canva and Envato and Catapult and Airtasker. What can we learn from their successes in scaling? That's our theme for Series 7. Now, in this episode, we talk to the founder and driving force behind Sydney University's Incubate program. James Alexander took what was at the time an almost revolutionary idea that universities could grow their own startups and scaled it into one of Australia's most successful incubator programs. We're getting schooled in scale on this episode of This Week in Startups Australia. This Week in Startups Australia is sponsored by the University of Technology, Sydney, driving the next generation of entrepreneurs. UTS is equipping a new breed of startup founders by inspiring students to launch their own venture and build the foundation for a successful career. To find out more about entrepreneurship at UTS and the UTS Startups program, go to startups.uts.edu.au. This Week in Startups Australia is also sponsored by Co, the domain name for innovators, entrepreneurs, startups, and creators growing extraordinary ideas online. Your brand wasn't built to blend in, so don't let it. Get a .co domain that's as unique and memorable as your one-of-a-kind idea. Find your .co today at go.co slash twista and take advantage of freebies, tools, and resources to get your idea off the ground. That's go.co slash twista. And This Week in Startups Australia is sponsored by Pitney Bowes. Are you a small business looking to streamline costs on shipping and postage? Simplify and save with SendPro Plus from Pitney Bowes and receive a $200 credit toward your parcel shipping costs. Terms and conditions apply. Visit them online at pitneybowes.com slash au slash twista. university education is one of the indispensable elements of success. And this despite some of the most successful entrepreneurs, among them Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, not having completed a university degree. So a university degree suits a certain kind of success, such as a career in law or finance, but doesn't necessarily suit an entrepreneur. And this is an interesting gap, because it means that our universities are leaning against innovation. They're holding their students and the economy back. And that means that universities will be left behind as technological and economic disruption simply routes around them. Unless, unless there's a way to bring all of this together at the university. And we've seen how UTS is doing this today. But long before UTS had a mind toward creating a uni of entrepreneurs, our next guest was hard at work doing the hard yards at the nation's 
oldest university trying to close that gap. So it is with great pleasure and more than a bit of humility, I am pleased to give a long overdue welcome to James Alexander. James, welcome to This Week in Startups Australia. Thank you, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. Finally. Finally. I've been looking forward to this myself. So <laughs> let's let's start. I'm gonna this is what, eight years ago we have to go back? Uh I mean for for I mean for some things. Seven years program's been up and going seven years now. But it took some time before that. When did you get the first brainwave of what incubate could be, should be? Oh gosh. Oh goodness, goodness, goodness. And okay. why? Okay, okay, okay. That's gonna go back even further. You know, this is um this will go back. Okay. I don't know how far we want to go back. I guess we don't have that much time. So let's not go too, too let's not go too far back. But suffice to say that, you know, like a lot of other people in this space, there were sort of elements of me that drew me more towards entrepreneurs, right? People that uh, you know, there's there's things that I did that along the way that made me money, little businesses, side business, side hustles. And then I kind of gravitated toward that space. But one of my first really interesting examples was my um, exposure to Atlassian pre-IPO, pre-any investment. Uh, that was when there were probably about 200 people still in one of the um, offices in Darling Harbour. And that was really, that was just a fascinating experience back then. So this was 2009. Um, and that's that's when, it, that's when it first started. That's when the things first started ticking over. And I, I got to say, it was really accumulation of like, I loved technology coming into this space. I was a, I'm a, I'm a technologist in a lot of ways. And and um, and one of the things I never really understood, you know, as a, a sort of really young person going in high school was this idea of technology and businesses and how they could come together and, and how global that is. Mm-hmm. And, and I remember walking into the Atlassian and, the, and, and, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, most of our customers are NASDAQ 100 or NASDAQ 500. And, and it's like, you know, some are here, some are overseas. And, and I remember thinking to myself, just like, why isn't anyone like talking about this company? It's amazing. <laughs> Okay, so we have the wonderful example. And I mean, the thing is that last thing was broadly influential to a whole group of entrepreneurs yep. here in Australia, which yep. is great, right? Yep. A lot of us saw that got very inspired yep. by what they were doing. Yep. But this, you're a student at Uni Sydney at yep, this point that's right. in time? Studying computer science, Sydney. And I guess back to your point about like where the started to include was, was like where the, where the idea started to pop up about like, you know, why aren't we encouraging this is one of the things I noticed is we were on literally my first exposure was with, with the IT society. So I hung out with the IT society, which was called Suits back then. And, and you know, that's where a lot of the, um, I know, more involved computer science kids hang out and, and we did these site visits and I remember we would visit these companies and like we visited like all the banks because the banks wanted to recruit us yeah. and we visited some financial firms and we visited some hedge funds and I was like, oh, these aren't really like... They're not exciting feel, me. Yeah, I was like, oh, this is not exciting. This isn't really a tech... Is this a tech company? And then you walk <laughs> into Alaska and you're like, oh, wait a second. This is like, oh, they make money selling software. <laughs> right, so this is a tech company. <laughs> yeah, yeah, correct, correct, correct. And and you could just tell straight away. And and I and so that, 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 that moment was interesting because then... Going forward, I was like, why aren't there more companies like this? And I really didn't understand what was happening. And I just started to get more and more involved from that point onwards. Yeah. Okay. So when you realize that there aren't other companies doing this mm-hmm. and you look around at Sydney Uni, yep. do you see – and, you know, computer science. This is one of the best computer science programs in the country. Yep, yep, all yep, right. Yep, really good all, people. All of this stuff, right? And you go, okay, so where is, are we just, are you basically asking, are we just training people to be better bankers? Because <laughs> Sydney, yep, the thing yep, is, Sydney yep. Uni is really good at yep. turning out bankers, yep. right? It's one mm. of the places you go mm. if you want to mm. be a banker. 
Yeah, that's right. That's right. I guess I guess part of it was a frustration. There was there was like you know like like a lot of entrepreneurs. I just saw there was a massive gap in support. And so if you were a student and you wanted to start a technology business. Mm. There was almost there was no support. I, I actually say there was anti-support. So people were actively dissuading students and telling them, "Don't do that. Go work Why? for a bank." I think you know. I, I at first I thought it was just because they might have been selfish, or there might be some other reason. They'll, they, you know, I thought they might be malicious in some ways, but now I just realized it's just it's just arrogance. They didn't really know or understand why it was a good thing, and and on top of that, they had no experience themselves. You know, a lot of these lecturers and professors, they they've never done this. They've never they don't know anyone that has, and it's really hard to you know tell uh, give student advice about something you have no idea about. Okay, and and this is and and this probably risked version because I think there's a there's a large proportion of people who think of startup land as being risky, and it is risky. But yeah. the, the question is, I guess, whether you're matching the student's risk profile to your own, right? Whether you're mapping your own risk profile, which might be low if you're teaching at a university, yeah, with yeah. the students who might be anxious and young and really ready to take on risk. Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. I mean, I would I would argue that most students are much more interested in taking on more risk early on. Yeah. But we can it's safer when you when you're early on. You have less to Correct. lose. Correct. You've got less to lose. You don't have to earn a hundred thousand dollars a base to cover all your costs yeah. and pay for your kids' education, whatever it is. Yeah. You have so much more flexibility. And yet we try and incentivize students to do really dumb, safe things. And I'm just like, I'm like, from a, from a social perspective, I'm like, there's something actually really wrong with that, right? But from a selfish perspective, like I can understand why, why, why some students go, no, I just want to earn big bucks straight away, you know? Okay, so <laughs> did you pitch this idea to the university mm, and just watch mm. it sort of fall over? <laughs> you know, uh, okay, so, so this is, I'm just trying to like avoid diving into lots of other little conversations here, but like, but one of the interesting things I got involved in my life, so I did an honors year. So, so to set up the context, I, I did an undergrad um, during my undergrad, I got exposed to a bunch of things, one of which was um, obviously working at Atlassian, working at a couple other startups as well, one of which was Posse before that kind of like, you know, didn't work out. And then and um, and then I did a course called Technology Venture Creation, which is a course that Matt Barry used to teach, which I now teach. Um, um, but then I kind of got to the end of my degree and I was doing an honors year. And uh, I was like, you know, we, we like we really should have something for all these people I meet. I keep on meeting these entrepreneurs, and it was almost just like I gravi- naturally gravitate towards them or something. And um, I did an article. I actually wrote a piece because I was an editor of the student newspaper, which is the oldest student newspaper in Australia. Blah blah blah. Um, and it was just it's just kind of weird how these things link up. But a lot of people read it, <laughs> and um, it, all these people came out of the woodwork, and they're like, you should really do this. You should like do something to support all these new students and, and, and bring these entrepreneurs together. And so you hit a nerve. Yeah, I hit a nerve. I had all these people, I had a few different people reach out and then it kind of just snowballed into this thing about like, well, you know, what what would it look like? And um, and this is this is one of the benefits when you have students that are empowered to do stuff. You know, I, I, had, a, I had a student who was on the on, on the student union board um, and the student union in, in, this, in at Sydney University, for those who don't know, you know, is like a really large professional organization that runs um, extracurricular programs. It's not like a debating union or anything like that. It started off being like that years ago, hundreds of years ago, but, you know, now it's not. And, and um, No, it's a, it's a service provider. Yeah, service provider. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. And, and actually, you know, they're fairly big at 200-plus staff. And, and um, But it's a student board, right? So right. they have this strategic that's set by students because it's kind of there for students. And mm. the students were like, you know, one of the students who's a, a friend of mine, Minonata, sort of came together and, 
and he was like, you know, we could probably develop a proposal for this and, and, and we could probably do something here because he was also thinking about this. And he was one of the few, right? The other students were kind of more interested in politics and other things students were interested in. But he was like, no, no, this is actually an interesting service. And, and this, you know, unbeknownst to me at the time, this was actually a crucial question higher education was, was starting to get into, which is like, what's our purpose? Like, why are we here? And why, what, how do we measure impact in society beyond kind of like, people graduated and people that get employed. And so, and he was like, you know, this is a service. And then, and then we just sort of developed it from there. Yeah. And so we pitched, we pitched to the student union. I can, I can run into that too, if you want. So, but the, the thing that makes Incubate, I guess, different than any of the other programs, all the other programs are quite sort of curriculum central based. They're based out of the, Top down. <clears throat> but they're based out of the vice chancellor, yep, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Incubate is exactly the opposite. It's yep. in a sense, it's bottom up yep, right, and yep. it's based out of the student yep, union. Yep, yep. Still based out of there. Yep. Right. And it's still based yep. out of there. Yep. So when you take a look at that, if you're talking about it yep. being bottom up, what are the, how did that make the trajectory of Incubate yep. what it was? Yeah. So, uh, well, it, it meant we could move pretty fast with um, putting a proposal together. You know, there's no, there's no, you know, professional staff going, you should really slow down and think yeah. about all these liabilities and risks that we haven't considered. You know, it was just essentially me and, um, and Mina. And so, so we, we came together, we put a proposal together. Being an independent organization within the university mm. student union, you know, we pitched it to one of the directors there. A guy called Al Cowie, and, and and you know, to his credit, you know, someone that's a veteran in this sort of student services space, he was like, "No, this is really, really interesting. Like, this is like, there's something here, right?" Um, and um, and uh, and 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 basically, you know, what happened is we were like, "Well, what's a, what's a test? Like, how? What, what's what's the easiest way to get this going? What's what's a way we can test demand?" And so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait a second, product market. Fit. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so yeah, again, like, kind of, I didn't really know at the time, but we we're, were just no, like, you didn't, but you certainly found out. Yeah, yeah, we're just like, well, yeah, how do we test this product before we launch it? And 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 so what we decided to do is. Is uh and and you know part and back in my head this is actually an interesting story for the other entrepreneurs is is you end up in these positions where you go oh you know I, I'm actually a really good uh, place to to do this thing and if you're if you're in that position and you can't see anyone else that can do this thing that's actually quite an interesting opportunity to go after and in my case it was like I had some exposure to startups already uh, I had a network through the people I'd already met during my undergraduate my honors. I, I knew the other student entrepreneurs at the time. Mm. I could pull them together. Mm. And therefore, you know, out of everyone in the university at the time, almost there was no one like that right. that would run it. And on top of that, was I going to sort of like come back in a year and run it when they get their crap together and decide to do something? I was like, probably not. Yeah. And if they want me to do it for like free, which is what happened in the beginning, like I was a volunteer with a stipend, you know, it was just like, it's crazy. When I think back on it, it was like, it was, it was just easy because I was like, oh, whatever, I don't mind. I'm a student. So, um, so yeah. So we, we, um, we pitched it and, um, and, uh, what we did is we, we, when we launched, we decided to have a launch night to test interest. Mm. So we're like, we're going to do this program. We'll give out, we'll give out some grants. And, and, you know, if you got an idea, you can apply and you're like, we'll launch it. So we did a launch night and basically it was, um, we booked two rooms. So we booked one room, which was a hundred, like 150 capacity and one room, which is 40 because, uh, it's hard to imagine back then, but back then a lot of naysayers were like, no one's interested in this stuff. 
you know, a lot of people like university students don't care about startups. They don't want to do entrepreneurship. They want to go out drinking. Yeah, correct. They're like no one, and that, and that kind of like millennial attitude still exists in a lot of ways. Um, they don't they don't want to think seriously about doing these things. And so so we 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 booked two rooms just in case we couldn't get enough regos. Like that's how like concerned we were. And of course we like smashed it out of the park. You know, we had standing room only. It was like more than two hundred people rocked up. Right. And the most interesting thing for a lot of the university admin people that were intrigued and came along is they were like. You know, they're like, wow, like, who are all these people? <laughs> who are these students that come out of the woodwork who are interested in this stuff? And and we had a panel and, and you know, there's a bunch of other stuff that happened there. So how so. did that then roll into, I mean, you have a program. And we'll talk about the program yeah. sort of a little bit more mm. detail in the next segment. But mm. how did you go from having this sort of this moment of validation then into going, okay, we're going to hang our shingle and start an intake and start a whole incubation process? Um, well, we, we, uh, we came together with a plan to basically, um, use the, uh, pitch proposal to, to pitch a, a first pro- a pilot program right. essentially. And we'd use the launch event to generate interest for people to apply to the pilot program. Now, um, uh, and how many, how many startups did you have in the pilot? Uh, well, this is, this was the interesting thing. We had no idea about, I had no idea back then. It was hilarious. Actually how little idea, but you know, at the same time, there was also no examples, almost zero, yeah. there was almost zero at a university. Um, um, other than maybe StartX at Stanford. Right. And um, I mean, you have things like Y Company, you have things in America yeah, that are yeah. incubators, but yeah. they're. Yep. Yeah, they're their own thing as well. Yeah, and they don't they didn't publish how they run no. their things, right? No. I mean, was like, At that point they didn't. They no. do now, but yep. back then it was all yep. oh what we're doing yep. is super secret yep. sauce stuff. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was really not very uh, obvious and so we we were like we're like, well, we know it's doing that stuff over there, so we're going to we're going to have a go at sort of designing our own program and really uh, we had no idea, but what but what we thought we'd do is 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 we actually had leftover um, arts budget. Mm-hmm. So this is like really classic case. Like they, we got we got like twenty thousand bucks left over from this arts grant that no one's applying for, right? Or at least not enough people applied for. And I was like, well, why don't we take that and let's give it to some like students that are doing something interesting in entrepreneurship, right? And so and we're like, okay, well, twenty thousand. So how many grants can that reasonably? I don't know. Divide by four. 5k each and so so there's that magic number there's the 5k and that's 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 the number which you know to this day we still give out 5k grants um and um and uh and so what happened on on the launch night is we were like we're gonna give out four 5k grants it'll be some sort of program you just have to apply and you know tbd details later on you know we kind of had some loose ideas but they didn't really need to know everything so we so i did up a page you know, I, I looked at all the other application pages I could find of accelerators, which was probably like four accelerators back then. Um, uh, and 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 we, we kind of tried to, we just put it out there. And um, and on the launch night, actually, which is really fascinating. And again, this is an example of how you can get people to back you. Um, Matt Barry, who was on the on, on the panel, who I knew from my class, you know, he's, he's, he's and I had been involved in, um, uh, he, uh, he decided on stage to go, you know what, four grants isn't enough. You need eight startups. So he was like on the spot. He was like, "Oh, twenty thousand, correct." So he's another nice. twenty thousand. So I was on the spot, and so then we were like, "Okay, sure." And like straight away, people like were like, "That's weird." Like people don't usually give twenty thousand dollar like grants to university programs off the bat, but you know. So he's so so you know he so he, that was that was interesting. And so so then we kind of um, launched with eight spots, and uh, and uh, we had people apply, and we had no idea how many people apply, and. And we had, I think, I think from memory, we had uh, definitely over fifty applications. I think, wow. I think it was like closer to sixty in the end. In the end, uh, right. applications, and 
I didn't know any of these people, you know, and it was, it was really, it was just fascinating to, to see that out of the woodwork, come out of the woodwork. Yeah. Okay, we're talking to James Alexander about the birth of Incubate, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what it meant to scale the program up. You're listening to This Week in Startups Australia. Developing entrepreneurial skills is at the heart of the student experience at the University of Technology, Sydney. UTS students are creating their own jobs and starting their own companies through the flagship program, UTS Startups. Within its first year, the program has launched more than 200 student startups, and they're just getting started. Equipping students with the tools and expertise to become entrepreneurs, then connecting them to industry partners and the startup ecosystem is all part of their innovative approach. UTS is connecting thousands of talented students to industry and works closely with a network of partners to match students and startups through their startup internship program. As a leading university of technology and Australia's number one young university, UTS is investing heavily in this future right now. UTS's inner city campus is also uniquely positioned in Sydney's thriving tech precinct to be the catalyst for digital and creative industries and the startup community. Join them on the journey building Australia's largest community of student entrepreneurs. Go to startups.uts.edu.au to find out more. Back to This Week in Startups Australia, we are talking to Sydney Incubate program founder and creator and maven <laughs> and all of that, James <laughs> Alexander. All right, James, so you've got the first intake. Now, I mean, and this is where I need to discuss. I've been a mentor mm -hmm. on and off. I was mm -hmm. entrepreneur in residence in the program last mm -hmm. year, had, have had wonderful experiences with this. And I think I wasn't involved until intake four or five when I was I just so. sort of being a board person. Yep. Uh, and so things, there was an established practice when I walked in. It's, yep. it's evolved, it's yep. modified. But the, there's, there's, I guess, sort of two things that I, I find both refreshing and I think perhaps for a student involved in the program that are difficult, right? One is that you demand that they find product market fit, yep. right? Yep. That the first thing you tell them to do is go find your customers, find out what they need, find out if what you're doing fits what they need. And the second thing is we have these board meetings. Yep. And the board meetings, without being mean, because we aren't mean, but the board meetings are brutally honest, mm. right? Mm. That they're hearing things from the board that if no one else is telling them, at least the board is telling them. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you confront, because you can confront an entrepreneur who's got a fixed idea about mm -hmm. what they're doing and why they're doing it, and you just have to go, but that doesn't stack up. And yep. here's why we think it doesn't. Um, I don't see these in other programs. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So how did these pieces fall into place? Yeah. You know, how did you develop that organi organic feeling for the program? I mean, first off, why that strong emphasis on product market fit beyond the fact that it makes sense? Where did that come in? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, uh, okay. So, so I guess a lot of it's developed organically over the last six, seven years now. And so it's just been from a case of looking at um, what works and what doesn't seem to work. Mm. And 
one of the things we emphasized really early on um, is we uh, review every single intake. Uh, we do interviews with every single entrepreneur that comes through. Uh, we get their perspective. We get the mentor's perspective. We have some data we collect. And, um, and we kind of review what went well and what didn't go well. So the very first iteration of it, you know, I was so naive. I just, I, I was just like, I was like, well, you know, I'll just get a bunch of mentors in a room and throw them at the startups and see what happens. Like that was literally my thinking. I was just like, you know, surely if I get a bunch of mentors in the room, throw them at startups. And, and, you know, when I talk to a new program, uh, people today, uh, starting these, these new accelerators, a lot of them, um, have this same kind of like, how hard could it be? You just get some mentors, right? And um, the problem is, is that <laughs> mentors can only mentor from their strength. Yeah, that's right. That's and right. A startup may need other things than a mentor's correct. strength. Yeah, correct, correct, correct. And so, 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 so you know, there, there's a bunch of things that come into program design, and um, and facilitation, and and coaching, and um, and and you know the outcomes you want to see, and. And so over time, we kind of gotten, we, we, we learned and we got a bit more sophisticated by, um, um, by just trying different things, really. And um, um, we, we brought in different mentors and uh, the mentors gave us feedback and they're like, you know, you should try this. And I got to say, a lot, of, a lot of what I've learned over the years has been equally from the startups, observing them and working with them on a weekly basis, but also with all the mentors we bring in who then help them, right? And the mentors you know, give them advice that ends up being really, really good and positive and does something really great. And, you know, that's, that's really interesting um, strategy, tactic, whatever it is. And, um, and basically as we, we developed the, the program, we just tweaked it and, and we just tried different things. Every time, every time we do the program, we try something new. Mm. And so we've, we're in the 14th iteration right now. Yeah. So this is my last cohort with Incubate. So, so, so basically we've had 14 different times to try this. Um, and uh, because we are independent of university, like legally, uh, we can move pretty fast when we want to do stuff. And because we're not tied to curriculum, uh, we don't have to go through a review board, right? And so, so this just means the iterations are super, super high. And, and, so, um, and so when we have a good idea, we just do it, you know? And so now we have a process we follow at the end of each cohort when we review everything and we prioritize the changes mm. and then we think we, we uh, prioritize based on what will have the big impact and then mm. we just basically choose the top three and go from there. Um, in, in terms of the mentoring structure, which you've touched on, right, the advisory boards, that was really interesting because a lot of people view mentoring as kind of this flat thing where you're just like mentors, startup, together, done. And it's like actually there's a, there's a bunch of things you want to think about, A, in terms of like the expertise of the mentors and what's the purpose of them coming in. Um, B, uh, the types of entrepreneurs you have and the stage you have. Um, C, how you want to coordinate them to be together. Would you want them individual or group mentoring? Mm. What's the advantages, disadvantages mm. of that? And then, and then I guess, I guess D, you know, um, um, how do you want to structure it to, to, um, um, build a, um, type of entrepreneurial mentality in the people you're helping? And I now call that like an entrepreneurship philosophy, which is like, what's the philosophy your organization has in how you want to attract entrepreneurs, but also types of entrepreneurs you want to attract and the outcomes you want to see. So we've, so, just, yeah. we've just opened <laughs> Pandora's box with types of entrepreneurs <laughs> we want to attract mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. you've now been working and I have been working with you inside of a university. Yeah. And a university attracts a certain kind of mm -hmm. individual. A certain yeah. kind of individual will thrive in a university. Mm -hmm. And that is not 
often the same kind of individual who will make an entrepreneur, which mm. is one reason why many of the best entrepreneurs don't have college degrees. You can sort of see that the things that get selected for in a university are not the things that get selected for in the entrepreneurial world. Mm. What have you learned about how to take people who are in the academy mm. and bringing them now into a very sort of intense commercial mm. environment? Mm. Yeah. Well, gosh, that's a, that's a big question. Um, uh, well, first of all, uh, you don't need to be a dropout to be an entrepreneur. No, 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 no. no I don't, uh, and kids, I am not saying yeah. drop out of university. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. So, so but, I think, but, I think but you do see people who are professional academics who think who get entranced by the idea that it would be cool to be an entrepreneur. But yeah. then when they get close to yeah. it and have a good look at what it actually means, yeah. it means losing the comfort. Yeah, yeah. They actually just yeah. back away. Yeah. So, so, so uh, I totally agree. You know, and, and and so one of the things I've observed is. Um, um, there are definitely archetypes, entrepreneurial archetypes in terms of the, the personalities, but depending on the background of the people. Mm. The interesting thing about universities, you get a whole range of people. A lot of people go, oh, university, 22-year-old undergraduate. And I'm like, actually, you know, there is the 30-year-old uh, postgraduate researcher that's like the world expert in blah. There is the, you know, 50-plus Profess, tenured professor that is led, you know, invented X, Y, and Z, mm. and and has a research group of two hundred people, blah blah blah, and you know, and 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 has all these interesting opportunities, and you know, that's a that's a challenge. There's a there's a personality type there, which you know you touched on, which is like um, <laughs> trying to get them involved in a startup. Well, they're they're established yeah. Yeah. and they're comfortable, correct? Right? Yeah, correct. And yeah. and they're respected. Yeah. And to leave all of that behind. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very big ass. Yes, yeah. it is. It is. So, so from from for our for our program as an example, you know, and and just to finish up on that point, you know, yeah. there's the old, obviously undergraduates, you know, who is kind of a bit more carefree and 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 now each types of but these, also may want to change the world. I mean, that's the thing with you see with the entrepreneur, yeah. uh, the yeah. young ones, yeah. is they actually are on fire to change the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 so where I see, okay, so this is this is the slightly contentious part where I see a lots of ambition far more ambition than in other parts, sectors of Australia are in the students, mm. uh, far, far, far more. And, and I think it's really interesting because they've grown up, they don't have, they don't have the baggage that Australians that have lived in Australia without sort of a startup ecosystem has. Um, oh, so, so because, because there is an Atlassian for them to look yeah, at and yeah. an Envato and yeah. a Canva yeah, yeah. because of that yeah. and that these are not in a sense, completely in the ether. Like you'll run into these people at yeah. things, right? Yeah. 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 That they're, it's not just stories, but this is a real story that we're living now and it's tangible to them. Yeah. Which yeah. was not when I got to this country 16 years ago. That was absolutely not true. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And they haven't been told by other people, you know, they shouldn't do that because it's just too hard to do in Australia. Right. You know, a lot of, you know... You the won't first, succeed. It's all going to happen the overseas. First, the or... first two years of, of Incubate was a lot of students telling me, like a lot of the people we were working with going, oh, look, a lot of people are telling me, don't do this. Like, they're just like, it's too hard. Don't do it here. You know, we had a couple of biotechs, a med tech company, mm. all of which is still going. Mm. And they're all just like, people just like, don't do this in Australia. <laughs> you know, and I can see why those people said that, right? You know, now that I you know, get a, have a better understanding of these things. But, but, uh, but um, so, so what happens is you, you, you have a risk profile later on, mm. which, which reduces, uh, which reduces. And there's, there's some hard things that the reduces, you know, I've got a family, I've got other things, I've got a real costs, you know, that reduces your risk profile. 
But at the same time, you have you know researchers that are um, experts in their field mm. that uh, often stumble upon things that are what will we'll have in the future. So they know what will happen because they've they've discovered and or because they've invented it. Yeah, they've invented it, right? Yeah. But then they go, well, how do I have impact with this? Yeah. And one of the most um, challenging spaces. So this is the other area. Like a lot of incubators, kind of just unbeknownst to me, things that I've stumbled into, which are like actually grand problems we have in society. And one of those problems is how do we translate science into like real world products, you know? And I'm like, at the very crux of that is commercialization, right? And this is, this is, this is where, this is really where we're touching on with Incubate without us knowing. Like we thought we were all just students, but actually, you know, students include researchers and professors and and, um, it's and, the uh, university community, right? Correct, it's all correct, that, which correct. is a community of knowledge. Correct, correct, correct. And it, it is, a, and is, it is all about you know, the knowledge, knowledge economy, if you like. And 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 um, and uh, and really, we we um, um, how you support them uh, is is a bit different. Um, but ultimately, they 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 also have obviously a lot of um, uh, value and. Uh, and they also require support and in, in, in infrastructure. And, and, and you know what, what I've noticed is a lot of the time they don't. They've been um, underserved. So right. I, originally, I thought it was just the students that had nothing because there was literally nothing. Um, but then, you know, over time, I've realized actually the entire sort of community is underserved when it comes to translating things into real businesses and, and stuff like that. So. One of the things that I saw evolve that you wrestled with, though yeah. is a lot easier now because of Incubate, is the intellectual property yep. stuff, which yep. is sort of at some some level, that's the core of the thing that's being commercialized. There's some IP here. Yeah. And then there's unclear, un, things being unclear, like who owns what, who owns what part of what, yeah. and uh, where's the university's role yep. in all of yep. this. Yep. And yep. Incubate forced Sydney yep. to have a really clear think about all of this but at the beginning because yeah. I remember it well none of it was clear and you'd go in and they'd be like well are there patent questions who owns this mm-hmm. how much of that is easy now because Incubate has been going for seven eight years or easier now oh look um, uh, the short answer is um, uh, we're a lot wiser and we, we, we know we have a much better sense about what the startups uh, need to get in terms of uh, a license from a university basically now. But is the, the university the, also wiser? Yeah, 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 because what happened is some of the first startups we supported spun out and, and, and they moved at a speed and a pace and they got in external investors themselves, right? And, and they did all these things that um, um, a lot of the other spin-outs hadn't done um, in, in this fashion before and, and some of them were students and, uh, and they really, they really blazed the trail <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a couple of the very, you know, if I think back to our first few cohorts, a couple of them that, that had to, um, spin out, um, some IP, you know, a lot of them had to go through a lot of revisions and a lot of crap just because they're like, you know, they've never done this before. And they're like, no, you can't, you know, we can't sign this term because of these things. And luckily those entrepreneurs were really, really persistent people and, and very savvy and very smart. They picked up very quickly. And, and, the, you know, the, we also got some mentors on board who are like some of the top people in the space. And, and where, where I will, um, I want to say criticize, but it's not criticize. <laughs> critique. Critique. We're all critique, critique. That's right. That's right. We're all critique universities. Is they've got a real uh, problem in so far as at some stage there is a conflict of interest between the students and the researchers and the university. Because they, the, at some point, the if, if they decide that they want to spin something out, um, all of a sudden um, you are now uh, – representing your interests as a founder 
And as soon as the university decides that, okay, there is something valuable here, the university is representing itself as an intellectual property owner, right? right. And, and, and you can't rely and on investor, them. investor because it's provided all of the resources. Correct. Yeah, correct. Investor, they're the stakeholder, they're yeah. strategically, they've put money in, they've paid for these people yep. to research this stuff. And, and all of a sudden, they can't really tell you what to do necessarily in well, they a, in can't a tell unbiased you without, way. Exactly. You know? They yeah. can't tell you without an extreme conflict of interest correct. that a judge would laugh out of court. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct, correct. And so 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 then 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 it becomes um um so it becomes really interesting. And so this is where us being an independent program um, has been super beneficial because oh, we've Oh because you're not constrained by no. what the VC needs or what the provost needs yep. or what yep. a department needs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in some ways Accidentally, you actually came up with a form yeah. that allows the students the greatest degree of independence when they when they're negotiating with the university because you're not actually yeah. part of it. Yeah, yeah. So we, we 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 don't we don't own any of their IP. We don't own um, any of the IP the university uh, takes. But we we're independent. We can go. You know, this is. Uh, and 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 this is what you should now know. Right. Having having told us, you know, you want to start a business and you need to negotiate with the university, and so that's that's actually a, a serious advantage, and uh, and and it's a conflict that it goes unresolved in a lot of other situations I've seen. Right, and I mean, I've been in those board meetings where I've just laughed at them and said, "Your professor's asking for what?" <laughs> right, because you you know you do you have professors who overestimate their own contribution to a project yes. let's put it that way yes. or yeah. yeah that's correct so 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 you know uh, this is something that a lot of people aren't ta- haven't spoken about but yeah that's absolutely true you've got um, overzealous uh, 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 research supervisors or professors, and this has happened in all universities, yeah. I'm sure. Oh, for all the time, absolutely. Uh, and they and they come in, they go see a smart student, they try and make a claim yeah. or whatever it might be, and uh, it's really, really, it's 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 uh, it's very bad behavior. And, well, and it tends that. to kill the startup, right? Correct. Because there's not a lot that Correct. a student can do around that mm-hmm. if a professor or another yep. researcher is coming yep. in and basically claiming priority yep. there. Yep. All right. Um, We're going to take a bit of a break, and then we're going to come back and talk about what's happening next. We're talking to James Alexander on This Week in Startups Australia. A strong online presence is non-negotiable in today's market. Whether it's your primary location for sales and trade, or you just want to have some key information online so people can discover your business, your website is the core of your online brand. When it comes to choosing a domain name for your website, there are now countless options of domain extensions to choose from. But if you're looking for a domain that is short, SEO-friendly, global, and truly supports your business, go with .co. .co is the domain name for innovators, entrepreneurs, startups, and creators growing their extraordinary ideas online. With more names available than any other legacy namespace, .co is for everyone who is hustling hard and building something awesome. With freebies, resources, and tools for startups available even to those without a .co domain, check out www.go.co slash twista today and find the perfect .co domain for your big idea. .co where big ideas belong on the web. And once again, we're back with James Alexander, soon to be formally 
from Sydney University's incubate program. So you decided you're going to step down, move on. Yes, that's right. So it's been nearly seven years, uh, which is a good run. Um, the program, particularly for someone who's only just barely thirty, <laughs> right? I mean, that's your working career right now. Yeah, maybe it's time to go try something else. You're absolutely right. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, actually, it's 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 funny because it's, it's it's such a transient space. You know, there's very few people have done anything in startups for more than five years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, um, but but uh, yeah, so I decided to move on. I mean, and, and the, the the lucky thing for us is Incubates in such a like a strong position because the team's fantastic. It's incredible. We're recruiting more people now, and it's growing. And you know, so 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 I, it's just come to this point where like they're better at doing it than I was. <laughs> well, and- Leaving on a high, right? Yeah, That's yeah. always the right way to do it. All right. Mm-hmm. But you're leaving on a high and you're going to... Oh, Galileo. Galileo Ventures. So, yeah. okay. So this is a venture fund. Yeah. So, well, uh, we, we, we're calling it a VC accelerator. Uh, what so. does that mean? <laughs> it's uh, it's a new breed of, of accelerators where you have venture where you have a venture fund dedicated for the accelerator, right? Um, and and the fund means you've got longevity in the accelerator, so you can do multiple cohorts. It means you um, have um, independence because you don't rely on corporates to fund you. Um, but it also means you can go out there and back entrepreneurs and, and, and potentially give them more money than other accelerators who are less funded can. And, uh, and, and so, so that's, that's what we're moving on to. And, and, uh, yeah, I can talk about that. <laughs> so, uh, all right. I mean, this is, I guess the next level up, you've done an incubator, you're yep. now doing an accelerator. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about companies that are at a different growth stage. Yes, that's right. That's right. So, so it's probably a bit confusing for, for people that are like kind of listening and trying to work out what's the difference, but, but essentially, um, if you like, uh, um, with on, uh, on on a campus context, it's it's pre-seed. So there's almost no, almost all the time, there's no investment. You you see people raw. They come to you with just an idea, and you help get them. And and where I've been in the last seven years is I've helped people with just an idea to first customer, um, first sustainable re- uh, revenue, uh, first investment, and kind of like first hire. Um, that's kind of like my been my domain, and I've done the first. That. Yeah, the, all the first. Your first six to twelve months, right? I've done that at hundred and. 20 plus times easy now. Uh, more than that, actually, across all the other universities. We didn't talk about the national program anyway. That's a separate thing. <laughs> um, that was interesting. But, um, but, um, uh, so yeah, back to Galileo. So Galileo is basically a little bit. Um, so it's after that. So what what Galileo is, is designed to do is to back the top startups coming out of um, uh, uh, university affiliated programs. Um, uh, specifically focusing Australia, New Zealand, and the reason we're doing that is because um, there's there's a surge of activity now because all the universities are doing this stuff, and we're seeing um, a huge volume of, of startups graduating out of these programs. So now that UTS is getting up to this insane sort of level of 200 yeah, startups, yeah, that's right, that's right, you'll yeah. be able to take the the best performers or the ones that are most likely to benefit from an accelerator because yeah, yeah. not all businesses need the same kind of accelerator. Yeah, yeah, and the and the accelerator we're running is is a bit different to the ones that. They'll go through on campus, so we're actually it's almost like a graduate accelerator program, if you like. You know, um, it's 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 we're we're presuming they've gone through some sort of pre-seed slash seed accelerator, and, right. and we're coming in. We're actually going to be doing, uh, we're building literally right now, building and designing a program which is going to be unique, um, offering in well hasn't been offered in Australia before, and I don't know globally. I'm sure there might be some later stage, but it's essentially a slightly later stage program, um, and with more money and stuff. So it's going to be exciting. So it, it, at some level, you're going to be doing what you're doing mm-hmm. again, but better resourced 
with more mature companies. Yeah, yep. and on a bigger scale. So, yeah. so Australia, New Zealand, so region rather than just one uni, which is across the region. And, and yeah. All and, right. Yeah. Cast your up. If you t- took a look ten years ago when you started getting yeah. this idea, take a look ten years from now <laughs> when we have. But the thing is, we'll yeah. now have a yeah. generation of kids yeah. who have had all of these great examples. Yeah. Do you reckon that a uni student? At when they rock up to university on their first day, I think, ah, could be a banker, could be a lawyer, could be an entrepreneur. Will that be part of their menu? Oh, yeah, yeah. It already is. It already is. The universities aren't uh, are slowly responding, but, but it already is. They're already, they're, they're already come to you. Know, some of them already know that. So, yeah, it's an, op- it's, an, it's, a, it's an option, yeah, for sure. James, thank you very much for joining us on This Week in Startups Australia and Good luck and congratulations. Thanks very much. Thanks, Mark. And thanks for mentoring uh, and incubate all those years. It's been um, an absolute pleasure. Are you a small business? or small e-tailer looking for better ways to streamline costs and improve efficiency? Introducing SendPro Plus from Pitney Bowes, the complete office sending solution that makes it easy for small businesses and e-tailers to consistently choose the right sending option for each parcel or letter. SendPro Plus provides shipping options and prices, prints labels, and tracks parcels. An integrated accurate scale helps assign the correct parcel label or postage. SendPro Plus makes sending simple with automatic rate updates and a shared address book across available carriers. Pitney Bowes brings shipping, mailing, and tracking capabilities to businesses looking to simplify their shipping and mailing while reducing costs. Simplify and save with SendPro Plus today and receive a $200 credit toward your parcel shipping costs. Terms and conditions apply. To learn more, visit pitneybows.com slash au slash twista. Listening to James, it was clear to see his enthusiasm, but as also his willingness to risk and to experiment were key to the success of the Incubate program. That, in fact, he knew at the beginning that he didn't know a lot. He was doing his best to learn from other people. And then he took the process and listened to the process and listened to the people who were in the process and looked at the outcomes of that process and used that information every time to improve what he was able to deliver the next time. And if he continues to do that in Galileo, then what we're going to see is not just having this pipe of people with great ideas, but now it's this pipe of people with great companies who will get better and better at these companies. So he's scaling in time, not just at the beginning, but now in the middle of the companies. And that's what we need here to produce more candidates, to produce more Envados, to produce more Atlassians that can inspire another generation just like James. Big thanks to Twista sponsors Pitney Bowes, UTS Startups, and Co. Their support makes our podcast possible. Thanks to the studio at Wynyard Green for providing the amazing facility where we record this week in Startups Australia. It's the place for creative tech. Find out more at thestudio.org.au. Thanks to James Alexander for making time to come on our show. Now, last year, we rebuilt and relaunched our website at twistartupsaus.com. It's got 
everything. It's got all the shows, all the interviews, all the photos, and all the links to all the stories. So check it out at TWIStartupsAUS.com. We'll be back in a week with a look at Australia's first chartered neobank and what that may mean for the future of fintech. Until then, this is Mark Pesci thanking you for listening to This Week in Startups Australia.